Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it is a great privilege to be able to reach out and greet all of our Saints family, and particularly to greet those members of my congregation here in Dallas. Today is a a rather unique day for a number of reasons. First of all, we are privileged to finally be able to see the new equipment that uh, so many of you have partnered with us in the Saints Network in acquiring and um, paying for. We're seeing it being installed throughout the church facilities here. And uh, we have a wonderful crew of uh, workers that are scrambling all over this place, um, putting in wiring and installing various uh, pieces of equipment. And um, so we're very, very grateful for that privilege. And uh, as, as I see it happening, I am giving thanks to God. I'm, you know, just offering praise and um, also speaking blessing over every piece of equipment, asking for the sprinkling of the blood to prepare it for what use the Heavenly Father would have in mind in, uh, in not only now, but in the many, many days to come. And so that's somewhat of an exciting dimension here. Maybe I can uh, take some pictures of it and we can post it in some way so that you can see it happening. Um, those are the kinds of things that are, are truly exciting. You know, so often we only are able to see things after they've been installed or after they've been put in place, but it's, it's a very rare view to witness it actually happening. So I'll, I'll try to, to do that today without um, making too much of a, a nuisance of myself to the, to the fellows that are, that are actually doing the install. And I, you know, also want to thank Pastor Fabian and Scott Maston for really being here as resources and as uh, advisors and as uh, individuals, needful individuals who know what it is that we're wanting to do and very meticulously watching over that <clears throat> things are as we anticipated they would be. That is a that is a, a necessary task in itself, and so we're very very grateful for both of them, and we ask that the Lord would continue to bless. The process of installation will go on for, I think, the next couple of days, including today. It started yesterday, being Tuesday, and it is it is a major project. I think uh, I noticed yesterday there were. 
think, eight guys here working. So it's not like one guy and his helper. I mean, even though that that could get things done, um, it's it's quite a it's quite a project. So once again, we we give thanks to the Lord, and we express our very deep appreciation and gratitude to all of you for your prayers, for your your willingness to listen to see if the Lord wanted you to participate in, in this in this venture and then to actually do what he put upon your heart to do. Now there's another reason this is special and that is that I am located in the little booth offside our youth room or our saints room uh, where Scott normally pokes his head out the window uh, when we do productions in here. So I am in here today and it's somewhat of a different look and feel, but uh, I, did, I did bring my microphone down from the, the sanctuary booth. So um, it's kind of like a baseball player with uh, their, their glove. So I, I've, I'm used to looking at this uh, AKG mic, and uh, that, that seems very familiar to me. Um, one other thing that is going to be a great blessing, and I did not plan it this way. Obviously, the Lord did. Uh, this coming weekend, I am going to be making my first ministry trip. Uh, my first real journey outside of Dallas um, for in the past uh, year and a half. That's hard to, to imagine, considering the pace we were on before the pandemic stopped international and in many ways national travel. But I, I felt like the Lord was saying it's time, it's time to go, and he strongly put it on my heart to go out and visit our brothers and sisters in Tucson. And uh, I, I know God wants to bless those faithful ones. And uh, we'll, we'll believe for <clears throat> the Spirit to impart to them. But also, perhaps we as saints can, through our intercession and our uh, willingness to hear and speak forward, uh, maybe we can see what God will do regarding the weather conditions that have gripped the West of not only our country, but of uh, Canada. I know Tucson's a, a long way from Canada, but I do believe that it's a, a very similar, a very similar track. And, um, um, you know, I know some folks who would hear this who are more aware would say well you know it's climate change really what you should be praying about is is that uh, our carbon footprint would be reduced well i'm not going to get into the debate about um i'm not going to get into the debate about whether uh, climate change is whole, wholly at fault here what i do know is that here in dallas when when 
when we first came here in 1980, it was a horrific summer. Temperatures, I don't know, I think we had two months of well over 100 degree weather every day. And I, I remember doing a, a function with my youth group as I was the youth pastor at that time. And the temperature peaked out at 118. And we were still out there. I thought God had dropped me into the, the, the frying pan, maybe even the fires leaping up over it. But um, God has really changed that. Um, it's still warm in Texas. It's hot in Texas, but all of those drought and every day it was drought this, drought this for years, not just that one year, for years. That was the lead every day on the news. And that has not besieged us. I don't remember the last time. In fact, this week it's going to be 90 degrees or or less um, all week long. We, we've been getting plenty of rain. Our lakes are, are overflowing. Uh, there are flash flood warnings. We got rain last night. We're supposed to get rain the next couple of days. And here we are in the middle of July. And it's been that way. Uh, again, it's still Texas. Somebody coming down from the mountains of West Virginia would think we're sweltering down here. But this, this is nice. So I don't know how climate change hasn't touched us, but um, I do know that there's a lot more going on in the West than climate change. And I do believe that, that there are spiritual influences that have taken hold politically and academically and in the lives and hearts of people, all based on a power base in the spirit realm of enemy forces. And it's true. You can think, oh, you know, you're just being a, you know, an extremist or some person that's that's off the wall. Well, whether that's true or not, the point is, is that there is wickedness abounding and openly embraced. And when that happens, <clears throat> when the people choose other gods, then you have all kinds of strife and you have all kinds of um, of oppressive conditions and for thousands of years, the history of, of uh, mankind has shown that one of the ways the enemy tries to control a people group is through oppressive weather. And then there are all manner of wicked sacrifices and abominable practices that are offered up in an attempt to get those ruling demons to release rain. That is over and over again in the history of people. In fact, throughout the Southwest, you know, you have <clears throat> you have lots of different historical um, historical um, examples of that kind of thing being done, even down into Mexico, uh, very prominently in Mexico. And, and so I think that for anyone who has even a modicum of appreciation for the spirit realm, and you, you consider a study of history, you see that there is a definitive connection between oppressive weather conditions, extreme heat, uh, water not being released, and individuals who are 
um, partnering with the demonic. In fact, one very telling passage in the Old Testament where God was speaking to his prophet, he said, I don't want you, God said, I don't want you even to pray to me about these conditions because these people in the land who should be my people are continually offering themselves to the queen of heaven for a solution and they're not looking to me so don't even ask me um that's pretty that's pretty heady stuff coming from god and um i i do know that god hears and answers prayer and god there's a whole lot more to walking in the spirit than simply reading your Bible, which you should do, sitting in a pew or a chair at a church and waiting for the rapture, voting correctly. You know, there, 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 is, a, there is a world that is the main world. That God, um, we're in this world, not of this world. We are a people who are uh, representing our God both um, on earth and in heaven. This is what Jesus taught us to pray, and this is what our mandate is. And so you have, you have circumstances like this that are indicative of not only a region that is gripped in some power struggle of, of light versus darkness. Pardon me. And you have individuals who are um, really wanting the enemy to be in control, as far-fetched as that might seem. But the point is that God is um, God is asking his people to come before him and to believe for righteousness to to come and our objective is not simply to believe for rain as refreshing as that is but our objective is to believe for the former and the latter rain spiritually and for righteousness to be exalted for us to take our stand in the place God has called us to stand and to see his, um, his favor poured out upon the people. So all that being said, and I really didn't intend to go that deeply into this, but uh, this coming weekend, I am going to be privileged to be in Tucson. And um, I... It is, our, it is our desire, uh, of course, again, our equipment here is new, but it's our desire for uh, the possibility during our Sunday service to connect in from there and to give a word of greeting from Tucson and uh, to speak to not only the church here in Dallas, but to all of you who will be joining with us on live stream. So we'll see. I mean, this is new equipment. We've not really, it's not even installed yet. We've got to learn 
the intricacy of, of it, and it does offer many different new things. But I just thought that it was very interesting that of all the times the Lord put it in my heart and an agreement could be reached as to when to go to visit our brothers and sisters out in Arizona after a, a year and a half of, not tra of my not traveling, that the very week that the new equipment would be in would be that week. Now, I didn't know the new equipment was going to be in. If it, would, if it had been up to Ronnie, I would have probably said, you know what, let's do it the next week or the week before because I really want to be here when the new equipment is in. We didn't know until late last week that the equipment, or sometime last week, that the equipment would be in this week. So God obviously, I believe, orchestrated this. So please be in prayer, and may the Lord bless you wherever it is that you're serving him. And I'm strongly believing for a great um, point of blessing here in, in Dallas. So today at our church here in Dallas in the evening, uh, we are going to be having a, a prayer time. And it's 6 o'clock. Uh, we will be gathering to pray, to give thanks to the Lord. And then um, on the heels of the week of prayer and fasting last week, we're coming together and we're just going to offer ourselves before the Lord. We, During the pandemic, we've not been meeting on Wednesday night, and I'm still not really sure what the Lord wants us to institute again. I'm not thinking that we're going to go back to the same routine we were in, as blessed as that was. I do know that we need to initiate a lot of different, a lot of innovative and obedient prayer groupings and prayer times throughout the week. And um, I'm thinking, again, I, I really need to get clarity on the Lord, from the Lord, that we continue with the message coming uh, sometime during the day on Wednesday online for anyone to hear on a live stream on the, the um, uh, you know, on Spotify, on our Facebook page, on our, um, you know, our website. <clears throat> and, um, and, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But today we're going to be gathering to pray. So any of you in the Metroplex here who um, who are hearing this, maybe you weren't aware of this, even though an email and an announcement's been made, uh, we welcome you to come and to pray together. And we'll be sharing some things afterwards that the Lord is, uh, is making clear to us. Uh, I'm excited about this. And... Um, We'll look forward to seeing what the Lord will do. So if you want to join in prayer, it's not going to be broadcast, but if you want to join at that same time in prayer, please do so. I mean, that's totally up to you. But here at this church, we're going to be doing that this evening. All right. Well, I've been speaking for 20 minutes now. We've yet to go into the word. So here we go. I was contemplating what the Lord wanted me to share today, and um, I uh, 
I think at about 3.30 in the morning, I woke up hearing a verse of Scripture, and I thought about it and remembered this verse. And then throughout the next couple of hours, I would awaken and keep thinking on this verse. And so when I finally got out of bed at 5, I immediately knew that this was the verse that we were to share today. And it's found in Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, we have studied one of the most wonderful studies I think we have ever enjoyed here is when we, I, I can't remember exactly when we started getting this, maybe it was about a year and a half ago, we were, we were going through the various dimensions of prayer in the New Testament, linking them up with the Old Testament. And I, I, uh, I was so blessed to see the way they all flowed together. You know, Christians often think of prayer in, in a one-dimensional framework. We, we think of prayer. Well, I need this, so I'm going to pray. Or, you know, we've got this challenging circumstance, so I'm going to ask a bunch of people to Pray with me. And by that they mean, usually, generically, take this request and go before the Lord and say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today on behalf of this need, and I ask you to provide the solution. And um, and then you may toss in a couple of scriptures, and you, you conceive that if you get enough people doing that, Somehow God will say, okay, you've, uh, the tally of prayer is enough and I'm going to move. And of course, you have to sign it off by saying, in the name of Jesus. And you may add a f- few florets. The name that is above every name. The name before which every knee bows and every tongue confesses. And I love the name of Jesus. I'm not mocking Jesus' name. But for for many Christians, that's what prayer is. I remember a few years ago going to um, the place where I purchased my eyeglasses. In fact, it was many years ago. These glasses, them God are old. <clears throat> and the lady there, a good Christian woman, was telling about telling me about how her church had prayer in the mornings. And and I said, well, what do you do when you go to pray? What do you, what do you do? She looked at me like, what are you asking me about? Don't you know how to pray? And she said, well, we all come in and we write a request on a, on a piece of paper and we put it up at the front. And so then we get another piece of paper and we go and find a place to kneel and we read that request and we ask God to meet that need. And she said, that's what we do. And I forget how many days a week they do. It's a big church. Now, I, I don't doubt that God appreciates that to some degree. At least it's got people talking to him. 
which is about the only time people usually pray when they have a need or they're in trouble or both. And um, I remember that's the way prayer meetings were when I was growing up. The only, the only um, caveat to that was when at the end of a church service, if the pastor had preached, and then everybody goes up to the altar and the organist and pianists are playing elevator music, and you go up and you kneel and you ask God. It's kind of like a Pentecostal confessional. You ask God to forgive you for all the stuff you did and bless me, Father, here I am. And uh, I, I did that for many, many years. And then when I became pastor, uh, we did that. I remember on Wednesday nights, we would come up and we'd have our own version of the prayer lists. We'd have little prayer cards and people would write requests and they'd come up. They'd all stand at the altar area and they'd submit these cards and me or one of the staff members would read every one of those requests. And then we'd have somebody come up, usually a staff member, and they would pray a generic prayer that God would meet all of these requests. Now, that was interesting. We did that for years. And we, you know, there was one brother who whenever he would pray, he would pray for a very long time. And I could see people standing out there, some who weren't used to standing for very long, they would be, it wasn't under the power of the Spirit, but they would be wobbling because they'd be standing there for so long. And I'm, that's just the way most Christians think prayer is. It's, it's what prayer is. I was raised that way, and I pastored in that way. But I've come to understand that prayer is not just you asking God for things. Prayer is you partnering with God. And prayer is you actually spending time with him from a standpoint of you being a child of God, a son of the Most High, a Christian, someone that is Christ-like, wanting the will of God to come. And see, you'll hear other, well, let me say it this way you'll hear people say, what is the will of God? Well, it's the will of God. The, the will of God is to bless you. Well, the will of God is to bless Israel. The will of God is to heal you. The will of God is to whatever. You can list it for you to have whatever it is you're believing for. And they relegate the will of God to a temporal factor. Whatever's going on around you right now, that's what the will of God is to take care of that. Well, the will of God is not meat and drink. You know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven has a myriad number of spiritual factors. And if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then God adds all these things. But most prayer, and I'm saying this, give me some grace here, does not really focus too much on the kingdom and the righteous vision that God wants to give for where you're living. It focuses on all these things. The cart is before the horse, and, and many times the horse isn't even around. 
So you're just horsing around. Um, that prayer is so much deeper. And you look at the, the various terminologies, both in Hebrew and in Greek, that speak of prayer, and it lays out in, a, in basically a schematic of partnering with God to believe for whatever it is that he is doing and wanting to do in his timetable for this earth and for, for the spirit realm and for the universe, universes. Um, we are eternal people. And we, you know, even when you pray in unknown tongues, the Bible says, you speak mysteries, mysterion. That's another miscarriage of interpretation that was taught in my Pentecostal church growing up, and I know that it was straight down the line. You know, some people say that when you pray in unknown tongues, they'll merge another passage that says, you don't know how to pray, so the Spirit helps you in problems. And if you're if you're in a, if you're alongside the road in a ditch, you pray in tongues, and the Comforter will come alongside you, and help get your ox out of the ditch. That's what people relegate unknown tongues for. And the Bible clearly says, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking to God, and you're speaking mysteries, mysterion, which is the un the, the progression, the unfolding of things that at the time you don't have a conception of, but it's part of what God is revealing and doing. A new thing God's doing. It's a line upon line of his enti the entirety of his purpose and mission. And so, again, we take, we take, the concepts of communing with God, of hearing from God, of, of asking and declaring and using powerful spiritual gifts, we lump them all into kind of a prayer stew, and we think that it all's focused on little old you and me. And God cares about little old you, and I, I know he cares about little old me, but He's more interested in the journey with you and you actually walking as a son with him and you partnering with what he's doing eternally. And that's what prayer is. So you take the specific words and you find, as I said earlier, a schematic, a progression of various factors that all culminate in you having a direct word from God that you need to rely upon. You know, it, it begins with you spending time in God, with God. Of course, you've got to know his word, studying his word, meditating on his word. Uh, you pray in the spirit and you listen. You, you, you sharpen your interpretive skills because the Bible says if you speak in an unknown tongue, pray. Spend time with God that you may interpret. And that, that, that interpretation is not just at the end of the service as soon as the pastor's done speaking and you can beller out, yay, my people. It's, it's an ongoing progression of hearing 
and an understanding what God is saying that you're partnering with him in. And, and that is a dimension of supplication that is partnering with God in grace to welcome a new thing. So here you have this verse we read. Be careful for nothing. Don't be troubled about anything. Don't let your, don't, don't become sidetracked and overwhelmed by anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. These are the two words that mirror what God speaks about supplication and grace in the Old Testament, which is, the Bible says is one of the, one of the spirits of God, the spirit of grace and supplications. So here are the, the New Testament um, uh, examples of that. These two words, prayer and supplication, which is diesis and prosuke. And diesis is you enlisting yourself to God in supplication. You spending time with him, wanting what he wants to do, to be done. That is your agenda. And through that, then, you gain insights. You gain perspective. You gain that measure of, uh, of, of, a, of a clearer understanding of what God is really wanting done. Now, you won't understand everything but because you know in part. You prophesy in part. But that part is essential for this time frame. It's kind of like if you do, if you're doing something, whatever it is, there's a progression, and every one of those pieces is imperative to the success of the project. If you mess one of them up, the whole thing could be just nonsense. If you're baking a cake, I remember one time we had a, a meal here at the church, which we've had many, and a, a lady had baked a pie. And I don't know how you do this, but she did. She neglected to put sugar in it. And she realized this after the pie was baked. I think that's a very important step in the process, wouldn't you say? So she got the idea and only a woman who would forget to put sugar in a pie would come up with this solution, I think. So she poured sugar on top of the pie, which would have been okay, I guess. But instead, she thought she'd help everybody out, and so she stirred it into the pie. So what you had was a pie that looked like the surface of Mars. And I, of course, as the pastor, of course, I had to have a bite of this. And that sugar was all chunky, and uh, you know, it was nobody wanted to embarrass her, but it was funny. Every part of the process is important. So we know in part, we prophesy in part. And so in everything, by diesis and prosuke, you're partnering with God, you're spending time with Him. For us, we're praying in diversities of tongues, we're listening. We're letting ourselves become uh, impressed by the burden of the Lord. And that is, that is an, an important thing. 
Sometimes people in the early years, particularly in Europe, thought not everybody, but some didn't really understand us. They thought it was foolishness because American ministries would come in there and within the scope of a day, they'd solved all the problems of Europe. They'd blown a couple of shofars and there it is. The city's trans transformed until the next group comes in and they have another thing. So when you're trying to get people to pray and to spend time with God, some of those dear people who were called to intercession were really confused that we could emerge from a time in God, a blessed time in God, and not have every solution known to man. We don't get the point of this, they'd say. Where is the, the trigger point? Well, it's the journey. It's the walk. And, and you gain more than just insight and partnership here, even though those are imperative. You gain a, a peace of mind from being with God in this, a confidence, an assurance. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. But it says with thanksgiving, Eucharistia, the old well-known phrase, I don't like them Greek words. Well, if you came out of the Episcopalian church or some other church, you know what the Eucharist is. It's another word for the table of the Lord, but it's more far-reaching than that. It is the good grace of God. God is going somewhere according to his eternal plan. He's going forward to a new horizon. So prayer, supplication, and that, it is, the, it is the trifecta, as it were, of grace partnership with God. And then it says, let your requests be made known unto God. I remember when we studied about this word request. It's a different word. Iteo. And petitions, itema, is a derivation of this. Sometimes people see in the New Testament that word petition and they think, oh, it's just a long list. If I get enough people on this for a certain thing that I want God to do and I present that to him, it's kind of like you're sending for an act of heavenly Congress. That's not what petition means. I wish we could change that translation Iteo is this. You have gleaned through time with a ruler. You have gained authority. You've gained influence. You've gained responsibility. You've gained understanding. And you come to a culminative point where you know, according to all of that, this is what God wants. And then you begin to talk to God about that. You, you don't besiege God with it. He, he's the one that revealed it to you. So you're not coming back to him saying, hey, what about this, God? Are you not seeing it? Hey, hey, hey. I mean, it's a partnership thing. You, make, you start making that declaration of what God has forged through these other things. Uh, and this word is used throughout the New Testament. We've studied this in the past, which is why I'm not doing it again right now. This is more of a rhema word for us. You know, the Bible says we know that whatever we ask of God, he hears us. It uses iteo. It is the privilege of sons 
to have received this kind of an insight and this type of a declarative from God. And then you make that proclamation. Uh, and so that's the word here. Let your requests be made known unto God. So let's go back through this. Don't, don't engage in some kind of hectic pursuit because you feel like the sky is falling and everything's going somewhere in a handbasket. Don't be troubled. Be careful for nothing. It could be said, fear not. How many promises in the scripture begin by saying, fear not? But in everything, and I think even if you look that up in the living Bible, everything means everything. What is everything? Well, what about this over here? Well, is that everything? What about this over here? What about this circumstance? Is that somehow exempt from everything? No, everything means everything. Oh, but you don't know my circumstance. Well, that's part of everything. Oh, you just don't know the way I've moved in God, and this is the way he's always answered me. And I just feel, well, that's in the bounds of everything. I mean, I don't see how you sidestep everything. But there it is. Go ahead and try. Some of you will. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, in conjunction with the pursuit of grace, let the focal point of what God reveals to you be expressed to him, be made known unto God. It, it, that's really the operative understanding between you and him, which is coming from him. But he lets you discover it through him, and then you talk about it, and then you make that your marching order. And you lay claim to that. And the peace of God. The peace of God is that assurance that whatever he said, whatever mission you're participating in, whatever measure of warfare, it's going to succeed. Whatever you launched out with, you're coming back with the victory. Whatever you launched out to do, you're coming back with the victory. And that passes your understanding. It should circumvent every other understanding, every other argument, every other protest, every other deduction. This is what God says. It will keep your heart and mind, the heart, the steering wheel of, of all the capacities spiritually and, and physically and your, your thought process in Christ Jesus. I love that. It could not be clearer. And it's not just this verse, when we studied these in greater detail, each one of these words, we could see this same concept, this same, the same parameters, the same progression throughout the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, we spoke about how that um, Palau, you know, when, when Solomon was dedicating the temple, he was before God. God said, I want this place to be um, a place of Palau. I want to come and meet with my people, and I want to give you a judgment word 
Um, and, and I want you to go forth with that and to, to make that your declaration and your ask. And we went through how that word was used with so many prophets, with so many mighty men and women who would make that particular word declaration and miracles would follow. That's the parallel to Iteo. And we've got to get to that point, saints. We've got to climb out. We've got to free ourselves from the bondage of fear. We've got to free ourselves from the, from the logjam of old-fashioned ideologies that don't lead us anywhere but um, to despair. We've got to understand what prayer really is and how God wants us to move in it. And, and we've got to be willing to actually be partners with God, not just sons who have a checkbook that can sign it in Jesus' name. We, we must be the agents of the Most High God. So we've got to emerge from the, the realm of fear and all other kinds of stratagems, and we've got to see that God is wanting partners. That's why he sent his Son, our precious Lord Jesus, so that we might be redeemed to God and to be before his throne uh, as, uh, as those who spend time with him and, and are his representatives here on earth. This verse, in conjunction with so these concepts, I'm telling you, this, this is the way things are in the New Testament. And the parallel in the Old Testament is stunningly clear. This is not some newfangled swing and miss. This is the way God wants his people to move in prayer. And so I felt that so strongly this morning. And I, I, as I said at the very beginning of this, uh, this verse was resolute in my dream this morning. Um, you know, and how does that happen? How does that work? Well, God speaks to us in dreams. He speaks to us in vision. There are many ways that God speaks to us. These, these are scriptural. And, um, you know, I, I, when I first was aware, I woke up and was aware of what was going on, um, I actually could see the verse on a lit page. Uh, illuminated page and I I was reading it and then when I prayed for a bit went back to sleep I woke up again and I could hear the verse being spoken it was a non-distinct voice I mean it was a male voice uh, it wasn't you know it was a Moses you know it wasn't that kind of thing it was just a discussion Whose voice was it? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But it was a very clear voice. 
And then the final time when I woke up and just decided to get up, I heard it again. And so I rolled out of bed, went and refreshed my memory uh, concerning these principles in the scripture. And they were all hidden in my heart, so it was just kind of rehashing them. And I thought, okay, undeniably, this is the word for, uh, for the saints from the Father's church on this, um, on this beautiful Wednesday. So tonight, my congregation are coming to pray. I'm grateful for that. This weekend, I'm going to be privileged to be praying with our brothers and sisters in Arizona. I am grateful for that. Uh, my congregation is going to be praying throughout the week here in Dallas and on Sunday. That I'm grateful. Many of you are going to be praying. Let's receive this from the scripture. We've been taught this in the past. Let's put it into practice and say, Father, why did you highlight this specifically? Is it a reminder? Is it that you're going to begin to use this to a greater degree? Is it that this is something that needs to be a mainstay in our teaching going forward wherever we go? Um, how do you want this to be um, processed? You know, we've got a, a gathering coming up in September our, our semin seminar, September 14th through 18th, called The Feast. And, um, and it, it's, a, it's an in-gathering. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, but we're going to be putting this, as we would anyway, into practice, as well as many other things that God's been laying on our heart to share from the Word. But this is what God says. And I speak these words over you, I speak a blessing over you, and I encourage you to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then it says all of those wonderful things that we should be thinking on. Instead of being troubled and angry and worried, fearful, we need to be thinking on these other things. Fuel, fuel your capacities with that kind of food. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate it very, very much, your partnership. And um, let's just be faithful to remember who God's made us to be and let's be faithful to spend time with him in his manner of prayer. Till next time, God bless you and goodbye.